Welcome to Speaking in Songs. I'm your host, Jeff Julian, and this is episode two of season three, and it is a damn doozy if I do say so myself. I could probably spend an hour talking about my guest today, one of my really good friends, Colin Larson. First and foremost, he's just a genuinely good human being. But beyond that, he's a hell of a musician, songwriter, drummer, engineer, producer, and live streamer. He's generous with his time and talents, and he's an absolute craft beer connoisseur. Safe to say, we have a lot in common. Colin's solo adventure and current project, Other Glow, just put out a fantastic album called Gray Sky, filled with killer guitars, hot drum shots, and plenty of ethereal soundscapes. Like a great storyteller, Colin excels in world building through songs, and this collection of tunes is a perfect example of just that. And it features several collaborations with fellow streamers from Twitch. His live streams are fun and engaging experiences where fans, friends, and perfect strangers enjoy the music and engage in the kind of banner you'd expect to hear at the bar after the show. And I'd be remiss if I didn't credit Colin and his former bandmates in Withershins for providing this podcast with its theme song, the very awesome What You Will from Silver Cities. You can find Other Glow on otherglow.bandcamp.com and twitch.tv slash otherglow. And you can find, buy, and stream the music on Spotify and other platforms. Stick around until the end to hear Never Get in the Way of Our Good Time from Gray Sky. Now, here's my conversation with Colin Larson from Other Glow. So I'm, I'm assuming it'll get done and I'll hit save to like, you know, or hit space to save it and it'll just crash my computer immediately. Well, the thing <laughs> that really freaked me out, like, um, and you, you've, if you listen to any of the, um, the Cicer podcast, I started talking to them, you know, we started out, we were having this great conversation and then I did yeah, it something came in like everything was fucked up or something, right? I did like, something and then it was fucking gone. You know, it was yeah, just, it that's was what gone. I worry about. And then so it was like, like, okay, well let's start again. And then we did start again and we, we did a great podcast and then it, it the, the file has to download, um, you know, what, what, once you shut down Zencaster, it, um, not, not shut down, but once you stop the recording, then it, um, you know, it, it takes the file locally and then uploads it into the cloud. Right. And then the person who did the recording can access the files, pull them down, off you go. And something happened there and my file uploaded, but theirs didn't. And, you know, so then, you know, I'm really freaking out because, you know, we talked for a fucking hour, you know, right? and I'm thinking, I really don't want to have to, uh, you know, like, Hey, let's, let's do this one more time. What do you guys remember last time? We Let's do it again. It was a lot of fun, right? (laughs) Right. Remember all of your answers from previous. Okay. Now (laughs) I really want to do it for real now. Let's try it again with feeling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Give me more cowbell. So (laughs) thankfully, um, it does save locally as well. And so they were able to retrieve the files locally and then send it to me through, uh, through Google drive. So whatever, you know, those are the trials and tribulations of, uh, of, of the modern world where you can talk to somebody a thousand miles away and have the files instantly. And we still find something to fucking complain about. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, I've heard like a lot of podcast rigs, like they'll do all the digital stuff, but then like as a very last resort, they'll just have like a, old school like you know police tape recorder like the one they slide onto the desk <laughs> in movies and shit right. with the re- big red record button and the tape yeah. like absolutely they'll 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 use those like as just a last resort backup to make sure you don't lose the whole thing you know oh man i i did an interview with alan epley one time and i was it was early cell phone days right so mm-hmm. and if you remember like especially on a Nextel or a Sprint, they would emit this frequency that you couldn't hear, but it would be picked up by other electronic devices, you know? And so I was on a cell phone and I had it on speaker and I was talking to him and I was using one of those mini, mini tape recorders. Remember those like for dictation and notes? And that was recording the conversation. But the entire time, the cell phone was giving off this little signal that 
so basically the interview is hey how because it was made it on the analog tape yes made it onto the analog tape it was causing some interference so you know again it's one thing if you're talking to your friends and you got to start over. It's quite another thing if you're talking to a very busy musician and then that just right, right, tits yeah. up, you know? <laughs> and so, hey, can we do this again? Because my tape recorder went caca poopy. So, yeah. No, yeah, you, know. you just cry all the way home and don't right. mention it. it. <laughs> yes. A lot of crying. What are you drinking tonight, buddy? Uh, I don't really have anything. All I have left in the house is some, uh, some scotch. Oh, some nice. Blend. It's the same scotch I was drinking for the uh, the album release. Oh it's man, way, that was fun. It's way too nice for me. It's like eighteen year old Glenfiddich. Uh, it's uh, there's no scotch that's too good for for anyone, frankly, but certainly not you. <laughs> and that was a great show, man. That was just so much fun. And I think I was kind of reflecting on this after the fact, and I think the thing I appreciated appreciated it uh, appreciated about it the most was that you kind of took a it was it was both a listening party and a performance you know and so it almost gave you permission to relax a little bit and have more fun so i i don't know if that was I'm guessing it was somewhat intentional and then also partially maybe you didn't have all the songs figured out yet to play live. So it's some we're going to play. I don't know if you work at the detective squad, but they should give you a promotion. But yes, uh, (laughs) I did not have everything ready to play live that night. So we uh, converted to a little bit of a listening party, but I did just attend somebody else's like listening party too. And I was like, this would be a lot of fun to do like, and not just, or at least just have some of these moments during a, uh, you know, a release show. Cause yeah, it is a lot. It's kind of fun to sit around and play a little, you know, talk about the songs and talk about how they were recorded and all that stuff and give a little bit behind the scenes and whatnot. And right. It's no pressure to sit down and listen to your own song too. So that's nice. Yeah. And the streaming environment really lends itself to that. And then like you said, yeah, you can just sort of relax where, I don't know if you were in a live venue audience situation, if it would work the same, like, Hey, we're going to play three songs and now you're just going to stand there and listen to something over the, over the PA while we stand here. And, you know, so I think, yeah, um, I don't think that would fly. <laughs> no, no. You know, but at, at this point, people haven't seen a live show in uh, 12 months, so they'd probably do do just about anything uh, that yeah, <laughs> that you asked them to just to get out to a club. But no, I really enjoyed that. And I, I just it just seemed like you were having a lot of fun. And uh, so I, I always think that's nice. Right. Just to kind of. Yeah, uh, I try to have a lot of fun on the stream, the stream stuff like uh, I just well, in honesty, with most music. Uh, endeavors that I do it's all for me it's very selfish you know <laughs> like um so I was you know I was just thinking about what I wanted to do because I didn't want to like I didn't want to do a let's promote the album party let's you know we're yeah. gonna throw a big party and get everybody to show up but we're gonna do it in the guise of promote like I don't know I wanted to throw myself a party <laughs> like yeah you're right and I was gonna sit around and play whatever songs I wanted to play and then if we wanted to listen to like whatever I wanted to do I was gonna drink my scotch and you know have a good time <laughs> because I find out like I found when you just do that when you're just selfish it almost people are almost more into it than if you like try to make something you think they'll want you know yes in that's uh, the mistake of youth too, right? In that uh, we spend a lot of time thinking about what other people think, and then it doesn't really matter anyhow, right? It doesn't. It doesn't have right. a, 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 a you know spending that much time thinking about what somebody else thinks, and then adjusting what you're doing to account for that really doesn't end up making any difference or or, or big improvement anyhow. So I think when you focus solely on music as an endeavor for yourself and then invite people to say, Hey, this, this is what I like and what I enjoy. Hopefully you will too. Yeah. I I think you do come at it almost with a more pure artistic sense and certainly more enjoyment for yourself. Right. And that's, I mean, a lot of people, like a lot of people, nobody's ever asked me this, but uh, if I was ever to give advice (laughs) (laughs) on how to like get, somewhere in a band, I guess. Like my number one piece of advice is like, just don't quit. 
There's so yeah. many people who just like quit yeah. and one, I don't know. You just got to keep doing it and do it. And eventually you'll get to that place where you're, you know, doing things for yourself and making interesting stuff. And well, uh, where, where the hell were you at for me when I quit? You should have told me that back then. <laughs> you're back. I knew you'd be back. <laughs> yes, I did. I did. I did come back. Well, you know, your live stream shows, they're, incredibly elaborate you've got the lights you got the fog machine going the 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 production within the stream itself and then you're playing live so i'm always thinking as i watch you what's going on behind the scenes during one of these shows that no one knows about and how do you keep it all going without losing it um there's really i'm trying to make it because people ask about you know how does it work behind the scenes and stuff so i if somebody comes into the show and literally asks me, Hey, how does this stuff work? I stop the show and I like, you know, show them my monitor and my DAW screen and I show them exactly how it works. Uh, right. Like, I don't want to like hide how any of this stuff works from people. Like I want more of, and it's come true since the pandemic, like pre pandemic, there wasn't as very, you know, as much activity online with bands and stuff as now. Um, but yeah, I wanted just as many people as I could go see. Like it was an, again a selfish thing, right? Like yeah. I just wanted more and more people online to do what I was doing. So when I wasn't playing and I wanted to go watch somebody else, I'd have more options, you know. Yeah. Right, <laughs> so I tried to right. teach as many people as I could about like streaming and stuff. Uh, but as far as behind the scenes, I mean, it takes a lot of time to set up the show. I have to like move everything around my room. It's just like show, setting up a regular band show. Honestly, okay. I mean, a lot of the stuff I've pre-prepared, but. Uh, um, no, it's just turning cameras on and then I have some projectors that I use and some fog and stuff, but it's mostly, everything's MIDI controlled. If you're into MIDI and know yeah. what that is, um, it's just, it's the same technology that you would you see on a, like an arena concert okay. scaled down to a living room format. Basically yeah, right. I'm using DMX for lighting, just like they do in a real concert. Uh, I'm doing MIDI camera changes, probably just like they do in some real concerts, I'm sure, like the really camera-heavy ones now. Well, not mm -hmm. nowadays, but uh, I mean, yeah, but it's all that because I used to be, I mean, I used to do that for a living. So I just took all those skills that I didn't get to do anymore. And it, it was right. almost, again, we're going to come back to selfishness here. I was, you know, sad. I didn't get to use any of my skills anymore. And I, like mm -hmm. when I found Twitch, I was like, oh, I can use all the skills that I learned in the audio and video departments when I was doing live sound and stuff, uh, in my bedroom, basically, you know, yeah, yeah. And, like it was a lot of fun just setting everything up and doing all the technical stuff. So uh, did that answer your question? I hope oh, that absolutely. I, I just, I, I enjoy watching it. One of my favorite parts about your streaming shows are, are, are the videos before, during and after they're, they're just a lot of fun. And, you know, I was thinking about, about video itself, being incorporated into the music that you're doing and just thinking, you know, whether it's the video or the lights, how did incorporating those elements change how you think about a song from a functional standpoint? What do you mean by a functional standpoint? I guess I mean, you know, and maybe that's not even the right word, but just like, do you, when you're writing now, maybe that's a better way to, to, to pose the question. When you're writing now, do you think about, what you're going to do within the, 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 the live stream show and how you might augment a song like that with video or even lights or, or different elements, uh, or is okay, that get, totally separate? Yeah. Um, yes and no. It's well for, I mean, when I'm writing the audio of the song, it's totally separate. I'm not really thinking about, Hey, if I go to a, you know, a seventh chord here, I can really make the lights look good, you know? Uh, it's something <laughs> well, like that. Although I don't, that's probably not what you were asking, but like. But you should, um, you, you should be thinking but that. So. I, yeah, I should, maybe I should. We'll focus on the real talent here, the light right. show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, I do like, when I was doing these collabs with people, I was definitely thinking about like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if I like, got a projector and hologrammed you into my living room somehow. So it looked like, you know, gorillas on stage. You remember yeah, that yeah. group that like they would do all the hologram tricks and stuff like that would be cool. Like I did think about stuff like that. So I guess y yes and no it's, I'm thinking about it simultaneously, but I'm not letting one affect the other. Well, I wonder now too, because you know, everybody has been on pause or, 
you know, they transition their live shows to live streaming. And then at some point we're going to come out of this slowly, but surely. And, you know, who knows what the quote unquote new normal will be like, but I, I wonder if some of the skills, talents, creative ideas that have been picked up by folks um, in the, in the live stream environment will end up uh, becoming part of their live shows moving forward. Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, it was happening beforehand. You could go to a live show and like for a long time there'd, you know, there'd be no interactivity other than, you know, put your hands in the air if you yeah. disregard yeah. caring. Uh, if, but nowadays it, well, not, I keep saying that. Back in the, the pretend times of before uh, COVID, <laughs> right. uh, you could go to a show and they'd have, you know, you could text a certain number and get your message up on this, the big video wall or something like yeah, that. So there are already like inroads into interactive concert experiences that people were exploring. Uh, I think that with all the streaming tech and pandemic stuff that's happened uh, with concerts and tech and all that stuff, it's going to, yes, it's going to push it forward. I'm not exactly sure how. Um, well, think we have about to even, recover from the, like we have to get back to where we were first. Right, that's what I'm worried about. But I mean, even even think about like commenting live during a show, or you know, when you like can do a subscription, or um, you know, bring another audience in, or even like what if you were at a live show but you were also streaming out to your followers at the same time? Now, of course, there's copyright and pay and all these other issues, but I just think that they're there's there's elements that I really like about a live stream show, especially the comments and, and the ability to interact in a way that you really couldn't do in a in a live audience. You know, you can you can it's it's really one way when you're talking to an audience, right? Right. Um, yeah. But but the the comments it's just so fascinating, and I just wonder if if there is an element of interaction that might be further incorporated in in a live show moving forward. Um, I could see a lot of like interactive video going, I, I don't think we're ever going to see a thing where people are just going to be able to heckle you straight up like they <laughs> can do on Twitch. Like, <laughs> right. not that it's always heckling. I mean, most of the time it's good things, you know, but like it's, yeah, yeah, it, I know yeah that's the first thing you get used to when you go from, you know, playing live actual live shows to live streaming is that all of a sudden, yeah, people will be like. I don't like the shorts he's wearing or something like, and you have to like look at it. <laughs> yes. and, well, you don't yeah, have to, true. but maybe but then, yeah, there's a lot of that. people who are like, I like this song. This is great. And that's the one great thing about live streaming too, is like, you can sort of like capture people in that moment where they're discovering you for the first time. Yeah. And like, you can talk directly to him after the song's done, you know, yeah. because they'll be like, Oh my God, I've never seen this before. This is amazing. Like you'd be like, Hey, let me show you this and this and this. That's right. Yep. And, you know, like I got friends who have awesome bands, like check them out. And this guy does it. And this girl does it. Like, I don't yeah. know. That's way different. I don't see that ever happening in live. There's in live music. You have to command the room, right? Like, well, you don't have to command the room or anything, but like, you, yeah, you have to do more like talking to the group. There's not as, I don't, I mean, I guess it would be cool if there was like individual uh, ways of communication during a live show, like with a big crowd and stuff, but I, it would take so You'd long. have to have a moderator, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wish live, well, they kind of have moderators, but. Right. Uh, no, I, now you got me brainstorming. I, I wish I could think of like something really cool that we could like bring back to the live experience from streaming, but well, even, I don't know what it I mean, could be. Even like, um, I, I and I think I saw the band Cake do this one time during a show. They had a screen up behind them, and uh, that you know you could you could text or comment, and it would flow up. Like I'm thinking, even like a live stream of of comments. Yes, definitely. But, but again, you might you really might have to moderate that. You know, depending. Well, one thing, on... Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, I would say one thing that. You mentioned venues live streaming, and I think every venue should might have like should have been doing this for a while now, even. Right. And there were are a few. Like back when we played the double door, I remember you could go online and watch our set live. Yeah. But like nobody was yeah. on there because like nobody's ever even like <laughs> messed with it that much. Uh but yeah, if your venue, I mean, this is the deal. Your venue 
is open to everybody who's around you and then willing to drive to that venue. The internet, anybody in the entire world can log on to your page in an instant. It just makes, you know, your exposure to the world, like just so much bigger than if you are running just local, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, even, okay. So even before the pandemic, you had pretty much transitioned from live shows to being a a full-time streamer. So, you know, what do you really, what, what do you like about the streaming environment? And then what, what do you miss about live shows? Um, I miss, well, I, I mean, I miss the, you know, social aspects of the live shows going out, having a beer with your friends. Like I don't get to go mm-hmm. to breweries really anymore and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things about live shows I don't miss too, which is yeah. nice about streaming where you're, you know, you're mostly set up all the time and you can dial in your show. You don't have to like set it up every time and hope it works and like everything's breaking and then <laughs> right. there's a band behind you that wants to go on, you know, yeah. there's so many pressures when you're doing live stuff uh, out in the world, but then there's also the rewards of, yeah, like everybody gets to see you and it's just a, you're a, it's a party, you know? when I'm doing Twitch stuff in my basement, like it's a party, but it's not as much of a party as if there's actual human beings surrounding me and, you know, everybody's having a Malort shot and (laughs) (laughs) like, it's a little bit different on Twitch. Uh, what I do like about Twitch is, well, number one, this isn't only just, uh, Twitch related, but I, I, I like being a solo artist. I really like doing all the parts myself. Yeah. Um, cause nobody's around to tell me no. So (laughs) that's easy. (laughs) It's you win every argument on, on I any. do. <laughs> yeah. Every song, if, if a song is going to suck, it's because I <laughs> steered right. it the wrong way. You know, like I don't, right. it's, you're never at that point where you're like, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to like throw anybody on the bus here. Uh, I've been in bands with super awesome musicians my whole life and I love all of you, but it comes like to the times there's times where you'll be in the studio or something and like, you'll do a song and then somebody will put a part on and they'll be super into it. And you're like, ah, you just fucking ruined my song, man. Like (laughs) not really, but like you have that, you've had that sinking feeling. You've like had a song as a songwriter, right? Like collaboration Collaboration is real and it's a real problem at times. (laughs) It can be really rewarding and it can be really not rewarding. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's a, it's a gamble really. Absolutely. Uh, Um, but no, but I like now if, yeah, if I have that sinking feeling, it's cause of my, <laughs> cause That's I right. put a terrible vocal on it myself and now it sounds not like I wanted it to, you know? <laughs> so you get that control over everything when you're doing, I mean, obviously if you're in a band and you're streaming, you don't have that control. Uh, so I guess the, the main thing with, yeah, Twitch and the live stream is when I first saw like a person doing original music on there, I... I just noticed there was that, you know, I can fall in love with this music, with this person, like this whole thing, become a fan instantly. And like, just it's, I mean, I hate to talk about merch, but it's like the perfect time to like, go, Hey, here's my merch story. Like, I don't know. There's that benefit to it. Uh, but you just, I don't know the, the connection, the connections are deeper almost when you're playing on twitch in a way uh just because yeah. you're you know personally talking to everybody I that's mean, right unless you yeah unless you have like a hundred people in the room which that doesn't happen to me that often <laughs> like usually you have you know i have 20 people or 10 people and i'm talking to everybody it's like face to face it's just yeah. like hanging out in a living room and strumming acoustic songs with your friends while they drink beers or something you know it really the- is in and I think it's one of the fascinating things about twitch and about live streaming is that the your maybe your outsider first blush take would be oh this is going to be so um it's going to be so unnatural or so sterile and it really is super intimate and a lot of fun and and it really is uh, your your analogy of a living room show it really does have that feel and i think that it probably does. was the thing i was most surprised about when i first started it's- doing it yeah, it's hard to communicate that to like new artists who are coming from the stage, you know, because the the stage everything is very serious. Like you got to do good up on the st- like yeah. Twitch shows. Like if you mess up, everybody laughs and we all have a good time. Like yeah. it's it's not as serious. Like it's way more relaxed. Even if you're 
doing a bigger show. Like I've done bigger charity events and, you know, I've had like two or 300 people in there and it's still like more relaxed than I would be at a regular show. Right. I mean, that, that is a big thing. Like I'm a big introvert. Um, so Twitch kind of <laughs> caters to that in me, you know? Yeah. And I, w- I want to talk about the new record, Grace Guy. It's awesome. It sounds fantastic. Um, oh, what, what was different about recording Gray Sky versus Natural Beauty? And I guess I would say, I would clarify that and say, how have you changed as a musician and, and how have you changed as an engineer? Uh, as an engineer, I'm always learning. Um, I'll think I know something like compression or EQ or, and then I'll learn something, you know, that just blows it all up and I have to relearn it. Like it's, you're, I've, I, at first I thought like sound engineering was like, okay, I'm going to learn, you know, I'm going to go from zero to a hundred percent. I'm going to learn everything about sound engineering. That's not how it is at all. Yeah. Yeah. You are, you're in it for life. Like you're always learning. <laughs> it's a life uh, So yeah, basically. Um, but I really like it. So I don't, it's kind of a nerdy thing, but it keeps me going. Like that's the thing, the process of recording kind of just keeps me going. Cause I like that. The, pr- just the process of making and recording music so much that, uh, I don't think I'll ever give it up, but yeah. What was your question? Again? Well, I was also thinking about how, how you may have changed as a musician be, between the two. Oh, records. yeah. How the Grace Guy was recorded versus Natural. Okay. Natural Beauty, for one, had all electronic drums on it because I okay. didn't have the capacity to do acoustic drums because I recorded Natural Beauty at my apartment. Uh, and now I have a house, so I can be a yeah. little bit louder here. Yeah. Um, so that was one thing. I was doing everything like I was still playing the drums, but I had like an, an electronic drum set set up right. that. I would go in, I'd come up with a good drum part and then I'd take it to the DAW and I would edit it to like okay. even more. So it wasn't yeah. like, um, there's a lot of like things that are fake about my music, I guess. I don't know how else to put it. Mm-hmm. I'm in a genre that really, really prizes like what it was like to record in 1979, right? Like everybody's right. like, the dream is we're going to go into the two inch tape That's analog right. studio yeah. with the big analog board and everything's going to have tube stuff on it. Yep. And we're all going to go into the room at the same time. Yep. And we're all going to play perfect takes at no the same overdose. time. And <laughs> yeah, never over. Don't get, get out of here. Uh, we got to nail it the first time. Otherwise, you know, we're not worth shit or whatever. Like, yeah, I hate that. I hate that. Uh, methodology so much. Like I love digital. I love the DAW. I love working on a part until, you know, for two days straight, I'll work on a guitar part for two days. <laughs> and then like the third day I'll listen to it and be like, I don't like it anymore and throw it away. And then I'll start again. Like there's, there's a lot of that I've noticed when I compare like my process versus other people's mine is yeah. like more long-term whittling at things. Um, like I'm big into like rough draft and, you know, trying multiple ideas and finding out which one sticks and all that kind of stuff. So I got more into that for the gray sky album versus natural beauty, I guess, but, uh, they're both kind of like that. Talk um, a little bit more about, about that. If, if, if you would, that, that writing process and that, in that rough draft piece, because I'm very interested in that as I, embark on a, on a new set of songs and a, and a new set of writing. And I think that that is very anathema to a lot of, um, writers, uh, or, or, you know, music writers specifically that it's supposed to be this moment of inspiration. And then here's the song and, yeah, uh, and you follow this trail and then it, I hear that it, a lot. Yeah, well, right? yeah. And if you're not and, done with it in two days, it's, yep. you know, it's useless. You, you gotta have it. It all has to come at once. Like at a big, like, Oh, no. Right. And, and I all. think I think that that will it's in some ways it will it will turn you away from from what is a very natural part of the process, right? Which is rough drafting and coming back over and over well, again. And, and well, so it'd I, I be think interesting to, to hear how how that works for you. Well, the, the I mean, the genesis of my process comes from the fact that I'm a shit player. <laughs> You have to understand that. Um, well, there, there's another. If you're thing like really awesome at playing guitar and you can just wing solos off the, you know, and you're Eddie Van Halen or whatever, and like, 
you can go in and you can have that magic moment where you just one take it and it sounds great and it's the hit record. What? Like, but I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy at all. Uh, I might, you know, you know, once a blue moon be able to do that on a drum track because I came up as a drummer and that's what I've always practiced. But like as a guitar player and a singer, especially, Oh my Lord. Uh, uh, but yes, back to my pro like, okay. So what I do is I just sit around and I'll start with like a guitar or a drum loop. Yeah. Me or like just a loop or something, but usually it's just sitting around with the guitar. I'm bored. I have a beer, <laughs> yep. you know, I'm dicking around the internet and I'm just messing around with my guitar and then I'll move my fingers around and I'll keep playing stuff. And eventually something will be like, Oh, that was kind of catchy. Yeah. And then I focus, then I start focusing in on that and I'll record that one little thing into my DAW or whatever as like a rough draft. And then I just work from there and then I go, okay, well usually what comes next is bass. Bass yeah. ties a lot of things into me or for okay. me. Um, Cause it's, I mean, it's the, really all your chord uh, progressions all root from your, your root notes. Yeah. Uh, um, so that, I don't know. It, yeah. It's just kind of, I'll go in and like I said, I'll record something and sometimes I'll get the first note and I'll be like, okay, the first note of this sounded good, but the second note's weird. It might work, but it doesn't work well enough. So I'll go in and I'll be like, okay, well I'm playing in this scale. I'll like figure out what scale I'm playing. In. And then I'll be like, okay, well here's all my other note options in this scale. And maybe I'll like mm-hmm. try them all. You know, like this is getting, I don't usually go this in depth. It's only if I'm like really struggling to yeah. get to the next step or whatever. But I mean, that's what I do. I don't know. I just go in and I just try ideas until I find the thing that I want to listen to the rest or listen to for the rest of my life. <laughs> Cause yeah, that's what right. I think about right. is like, these songs, I got to listen to them for the rest of my life. I'm not going to just go in and like put something on tape and be like, it's done. Right. <laughs> I want to try. Yeah. Like I want to like the audio is big to me. Yeah. Video. I don't really care about. I don't really care about bringing you the latest fashion trends. I don't care about making you my Twitter follower. I just want to bring <laughs> you good audio, like a good song. And like, I don't think I'm ever going to make it. Like there's none of, there's no success. There's none of this stuff. It's only about, I just want to make good music. That's well, it. I, I think you've definitely accomplished that on, on both gray sky and in natural beauty. Something I noticed about gray sky. There's a lot of collaborations on this record, especially with fellow Twitch streamers. And to me, that says it, it, it points back to what we were talking about before the, the positive impact I think that Twitch has had on you as a performer and, and as a musician. So did, did that has, has streaming affected the way you record and think about music and, 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 and talk about the collaborations as well on this album. I mean, I think it's, well, when you're online, I think collaboration stuff is a lot more prominent than, if you were just playing bars, like, I guess I haven't yeah. like, it's not like Villains and Withershins got together and did a collab song or anything. Although we like, that's the same, <laughs> that's the same energy that like we happens online though. Like you just have two friends who are artists and then, yeah, well, I guess it's easier to work together when you're like solo artists. Maybe that's yeah. maybe what it is. Uh, but yes, we should do a collab song though. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I didn't go into this like, Actually, well, no, I shouldn't say that. I did kind of go into this record going like, hey, I want to do some more collab stuff this time around. It didn't really happen as much as I thought it would. I thought I would be doing collabs on like almost every song. But then, you know what happens to me? I Again, we'll talk about selfishness. Uh, <laughs> I'm finding yeah. out things about myself yeah. during this podcast. Um, sometimes I'll write a song and I'll be like totally intending to like collab it. And then like, I'll write something, I'll like keep working on it and then it'll get really, really good and I'll really start to fall in love with it. And then I don't want to let anybody else work on it. I just right. want to work <laughs> Like yeah. I want to keep it all for myself. Right. Stay I get into that <laughs> a couple times, but like, no, nah, I mean, I don't know. Obviously we did collab. So, um, well, I don't know. We're I mean, build. you know, I, I just, I love the fact that you did 38, 54, 16 from, from magician, uh, from, from, from vaudevillains. Uh, yeah, I love and the fact you wrote it. It's a banger. You, you know, just, uh, it's always been one of my favorites of, of ours. And then, you know, you sent me that early, you'd been messing around with it for a while. Right. And you sent me your, you know, yeah, I think draft. I had it. 
I had it not done done in what form it is on the album now, obviously, but like 90% away there in like 2018 or something, right. you know? Yeah, this was, was a yeah, while Yeah, it was sitting ago. for a while. Yeah, and I remember just just being blown away and just loving your take on it. And But I didn't know that you were eventually maybe thinking about putting it on, on Gray Sky. And then when I found that out, I was like, oh, come on, I got to be able to... Colin, can I sing on it, please? Can I, you know? And so, of course. Um, so my question is, how big of a pain in the ass was I in in asking to collab with you and be on on your your version of my song? I mean, it was maybe one of the last things that happened on the album before everything <laughs> went out, uh, but it really wasn't that. No. I mean, it was a little bit of a pain in the ass. I won't lie to you, but <laughs> tell me, uh, lay, lay it, it on. It was me. the the pain in the ass was um, worth every uh, cent and more of what we got back from that. I believe my favorite part was looking looking from the outside in on a song that I had written and seeing. Yeah, that has to be weird, right? Like I was kind, of, I was kind of like weirded out. Well, not weird. That sounds negative. I was surprised. Pleasantly surprised when you uh, requested yeah. that because I was like, "Do people go on their own song?" Like I've never heard that before. Maybe, but like I don't know. It works. It makes sense. And actually, it's really an honor to have you on uh, a cover like that. Well, I, I definitely appreciate song. it. Like, and and I I mean, there, I, I you know can't I mean from from everything. And we'll get into this a little bit later. The the work that you've done on some of the other vaudevillains or my own stuff, and just you know getting to know you through Withershins and even before that, I, I you know great admiration for you. And and you know no no secret or it shouldn't be that you the 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 little bit of live streaming I've been able to do is is come at at uh, come through and because of your generosity. And so to to hear you do such a cool version of something that I did. I just wanted to contribute if I could. And and what was really fun was tackling something I wrote, but doing it from the outside and, and, and seeing it through your eyes. And then what was even more fun to me was I sent you something and then you said, well, what about this? And then I felt like, okay, uh, now we've really done speak, speak Who's you know? the pain in the ass here in this relationship? <laughs> You're like, here's this awesome harmony I wrote. I'm like, ah, Let's do it my way. <laughs> but yours was better. And 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 I love that. And I, I no, did I something mean, with... Uh, I, I only with, changed a few things, I think. Like, uh, I think there was a, still a lot of your original ideas in there. But they, but I mean, they the were thing's your changes. original idea. What are we talking about? It's your song. <laughs> <laughs> but but that has been so neat to do. I, I did um, with... Um, Brett Figuera did his shut-in sound series. He's done like three of them, I think. And he's basically just written a bunch of music and then turned it over to uh, musicians from other bands to do the vocals. Right. And they just take oh, the song cool. and they do their take and they send it to See, Brett. That's what I should have done. And he, he mixes it down. And as somebody who's sing. primarily responsible for writing and, and, you know, kind of the Genesis of the ideas, it was very freeing to attack a song that was almost complete and then be like, okay, I just have to do this. And I don't have to think about anything other than, adding to this. And so that was the same sort of enjoyment I felt like I got out of, um, you know, putting the back on, background vocals on, on, on 38. So it was a lot of fun. No, I really like doing collabs that way online, honestly, where like, I just take something and I like send it off to someone. And then, well, I guess this is kind of how we did like sin parade on the uh, album. Okay. I did it with a, a buddy online called DeVolta who's super into like yeah. synths. And like uh, electronic music, but like analog stuff, kind of like uh, Stranger Things, that yeah. sort of deal, maybe. Um, but he writes excellent stuff. And I had this old, like, I always knew I wanted to collab with him because I've been working or hanging out with him on Twitch for like three or four years now. He was one of the first people I met on there. Um, and yeah, like what I did is I just had this old Ableton loop that I made with like a bunch of synths. It was called G minor synth parade, right? Oh yes. So I just like here I have this thing and I wanted to do with something with it and I never did anything with it. So I just sent it to him and I didn't think about it. And then I didn't try to give him input. I didn't do anything else. And then like, he just sent it back to me 
after he was done working on it. Yeah. And then I was like, this is cool. Do you mind if I mess with it? And he's like, go for it. And then I, uh, I basically just chopped every section into a half the uh, length it was to fit lyrics better. And then I made, I added one like bridgey section and then I sent it back to him and then he made like the final wave of changes. And then I made my little final mix changes and it was it. And like, we never like really sat down and like got into deep, long conversations about right, how right. the part, like we never got into any of that stuff and it was super refreshing. It was just like, do your thing. I'll do my thing. Then we'll, <laughs> you know, make sure everybody's happy at the end and then, then we'll go. go back and, like, to that's our, how it worked. We'll, and, we'll go back to our twin beds when we're done. But we'll Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, cause I know there's a lot of people who are like, I want to, let's talk about this song. I want to, I want to give this song an identity. I want to know what color this song is. Or like, you know, I don't, I like, tr- I like taking all the magic out of music, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. I do think music is like one of the most practical forms of magic that we actually can accomplish in real life. For sure. Like, Cause what you can do, it's like painting with emotions, right? Like when you yeah. talk about songwriting, that's what it boils down to in my mind is you're just, you're making a movie, but it's just nobody can see the picture, you know? Like, and you can you yeah. can bring about fear, you can bring about excitement, you can bring right. about sadness, you can bring all those emotions to people through chords and melody and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, it's the same entertainment to me, you know. I, I appreciate your insights. I, I I really do on this. Do you? I, I'm glad somebody does. I, well, I was going to say my <laughs> only fear now is that you and I have used the 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 word collab so often that we're never going to be able to live this down uh w- w- within our own circle of musicians so oh can you, know, you not use that <laughs> oh on twitch collab is like a everyday word yeah i i think it is but then i also think somebody could argue that we probably could have just said collaborate too why were we shortening it up but who I has mean, the time jeff that's right <laughs> this there's is a, viruses in the air <laughs> we gotta live damn it collab uh, listen, for everything. It's, it's no secret. Um, I am a huge fan of your former band Wither Shins, and in particular, that excellent LP Silver Cities. It's the theme song for this podcast, right? So I feel like yeah, well, I noticed well, that, what, one of the songs is what what you will is the is is the the, the theme know, song, and the... I did get permission from Isaac. Okay, back in the day, oh, did you? I just, I just want <laughs> I just want to quell any. Uh, any dissent right out, right out of the gate. Okay. So <laughs> I got an email that, somewhere. <laughs> that, uh, I think this podcast is probably the most spins that song's gotten in a, probably a lot. You're probably our leading Especially uh, listener keep, there. You just keep uh, editing it. To, so the same part plays over and over again. Right. I mean, you really get some spin. <laughs> no, that's, I, I like that you, well, I'm assuming you like that song if you chose it as your uh, intro, I but love it. Uh, that was definitely one of the th- ones we were most enthused about um, in the studio. Cause that was, it's, we were recording over at earth analog and that was like one day Matt Talbot actually like showed up. And we're, when we went to like pick one to show him, that was the one we picked, you know, it's a great riff, man. And it, and it has such a wonderful sound. And I think that's um, indicative of that whole record. So what, what went into making that record and why does it, why does it sound so good? Uh, Wow, Silver Cities. It's, well, a lot of it was recorded at Earth Analog, which is the big reason it sounds great. Uh, If you guys don't know, that's like uh, Matt Talbot of Hum, his uh, studio. Right along the train tracks in Tolono. Yeah, right on the, yeah, it used to be called Great Western Record Recorders. Oh, yeah. I remember. But yeah, I've, uh, well, when I was living in Champaign, uh, I don't even remember how this happened, but I ended up like making Matt Talbot's website for his studio. I um, love it. <laughs> like way back in the day. Yeah. And then it like he's like, "Well, what do how much do you want to get paid?" I was like, "I no, no. I don't want money. I want record I want record time. <laughs> right. I want to come in here and record my band." Yes. And he's like, "Oh, okay, fine. We could do that." <laughs> yeah. His like, eyes lit up real big yeah. when I said that. So, um yeah, I mean, it was. It all started with that. We came in and we did like three sessions. I think we did like Monkey, and like the beginnings of Monkey, and then maybe like I don't even know. It's been a while, Jeff. Uh, yeah, I know. But yeah, I remember there were like some early sessions, and then like later we went in um, with Aaron McAllister. He was a big part of that record, um, and recorded the rest of it, I believe. Uh, 
I remember I like half Aaron mixed half of it. I mixed half of it. It was really weird <laughs> how we did it, but and well, it then sounds uh, the great it's the great Jonathan crisp. Pines actually uh, mastered okay. that one. So if you know him, he's a he's done all sorts. He's done like Eminem and stuff. So it's like you know. When Eminem asks who he's uh, done, he says, I've done Witherchins, of That's course. That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what, um, I don't know, we just, we were in a good time as a band because we were coming off of Ariel, so we had a record under our wings, you know, like, yeah, we knew sort of what we were doing. We knew sort of where we wanted to go. Uh, That's important, right? We knowing, were in the- Knowing yes. where you want to go. It makes it a difference. It is important. <laughs> But but I I mean I say that facetiously but but you know but but I but I mean that too. There's a difference between um, banging around in the kitchen or in the studio and throwing things together and getting lucky and it turning out well versus going in feeling comfortable and knowing what you want to accomplish and then actually accomplishing it. And I and to me that that's what that record sounds like. The last part's the tricky part, uh, right? Because you can you can you know have a grand idea and then you know spend a lot of time trying to accomplish it and never getting there. Where so like I guess that would be a situation. Antithesis, uh, what words? You know, yes. there's a word I was trying to go. I'll for, edit but, that uh, word. Like, in. Um, Don't worry about we'll, it. We'll delete it. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of what I was trying to say now. Well, I don't know. What okay. Was the so, again, Jeff? think thinking about that record and just your time in Withershins as the drummer. There's something about your technique and the way you write and and think about that instrument. How, how do you approach the drums? You know, and and how is how is drumming part of your writing process? Or to me, it feels like it's it's foundational. To, to the way you write. Um, wow. That sounds, you make it sound so much more serious than I, the thought that I put it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to think, man, it's been a, I mean, when I was, when we were doing the Withershin stuff, it was just, and there, there wasn't that much thought put into it, man. Like we just show up to band practice and throw back some mom lights and have fun <laughs> and just try to, make good music. I like, I wish yeah. I had a better answer for you, but I don't really, what you will, I guess that was the most I've ever focused on a drum part singularly. What um, does that mean? What, what like explain that? It's mostly just that. defining. So, okay. A lot of drums that I would do, like I would sort of have like fills written, but a lot of time I would just wing it when I got to the fills or something. Okay. Right. Like yeah. I'd have like, maybe, okay, I know I'm going to do like a triplet feel, but it might be different every time. Uh, with what you will, like I literally read out, wrote out every single like fill, like wow. I did everything of that. Okay. Um, as far as like, well, with Withershins, most not well, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but a lot of the writing was on Isaac, you know. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the, I was just trying to complement what Isaac was going for a lot of the times. I just wanted to make it rock, dude. Like yeah. I don't know, yeah. I don't know how to put that into like a more articulate. Uh, no, or you don't have to. Fancy. No phrase but i just i just want to fucking rock jeff that's all i did that is a very good philosophy uh, and <laughs> how it but how we wrote music was all in the room at the same time so like as yeah. withershins everything was band practice and i mean you know we'd throw five like demo ideas to each other over the computer but it was never our primary form of writing yeah whether i mean it was just dudes in a room trying to rock out having fun like uh, well, uh, and and I, I don't think I could do a podcast with with you without bringing up Neil Jaeger, you know, your 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 bass player and friend in in Withershins and my friend as well, a long longtime friend. And I, and I bring Neil up specifically because I think about your task as a rhythm section in in Withershins in a lot of ways was maintaining a cohesion to those songs because the way I, Isaac and Bryce played you know, there's almost, uh, there were a lot of times when the guitars were dueling and there was a, a beautiful chaos in the way they were playing. But if you didn't have a structure that was driven by that rhythm section, you know, it, 
it could devolve and maybe, maybe it did in a, in, in a good way at times, but so well, what was, what made that relationship work so well for you and Neil in terms of your playing together? Well, you, I mean, me and Neil just look at each other and I don't know, <laughs> we just do like, you just have that relationship with people in your band, you know, like yeah. you can just like, okay. When Luke joined the band, right. To take over on drums, he turned to Neil and he's like, all right, do you guys have conversations about like where the kicks and the bass notes go at the same time so we can lock in? <laughs> yeah. And me and Neil looked at each other and we were like, no, like <laughs> we just do it. Like what's the, like we have to talk about that. Like I thought that was just part of the song like, or like how you do it. But uh, that I mean, that's how it always has been like the, all right. So you, you watch hockey. Yes. Okay, this is going to be a good sports analogy to Excellent. alienate most of your listeners. Which no um, one would see coming, which I love. Right. So bring it on. <laughs> okay, so you know how like the forwards are up there trying to get goals and the center's in front of the net? Yeah. And then like sometimes the the defenseman will rotate in and like go up to the front of the net and score oh, yeah. them secret goals. Yeah. All right, so Neil is our defenseman who like he's our Duncan <laughs> Keith, right? Yeah. Uh, he, <laughs> he is uh, going in there and when... Isaac would want to get ethereal because Bryce is always doing like, he's never playing rhythm. Really. Well, actually that's not true. He has some parts where you'd play, but most of the time he's like doing colorful, yes. you know, ethereal stuff. And then Isaac would he's join Bryce in on in that. The shit and at that it, point, love. so yes. Yeah, so like when, when the Patrick Kane, that is uh, Isaac <laughs> goes to the net, <laughs> Bright, uh, Neil swoops in and starts basically playing rhythm guitar on his bass. And that's how that always would work. Yeah. And I don't think it was ever really planned out. It was mostly just, if you ask Neil, he'll readily admit to playing rhythm guitar on a lot of uh, bass tracks he's done, you know? Yeah. Because he loves doing that big chord strum. That's yes. one of the sounds of Wither. Like, he's Neil's a huge part of the sound of Wither Shins, like, yeah. more than me or other people's were, you know? Like, so I don't know if that's true. Going, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get to that another. Yeah. But you uh, get you get my point. Like he was uh, that's how that whole it's definitely ha like he had to do like if he was just playing simple root based stuff, I don't know if it would have worked as well as if like he comes in to fill up all the guitars and just you know, just lets everybody else loose. But, but again, it's that... something we ever talked about. It was always just like, Hey, that sounded cool. Let's do that. Like that was it. That was the whole conversation. Like But how did that make it easier for you as a drummer? It didn't. <laughs> I was playing the same. I guess I, it didn't really, I was going to play the same thing no matter what, I guess, okay. you know, in my mind, but I don't, I was never presented with another option. Right. So I can't tell you what I would have done if he didn't play like he did, yeah, but I just go, sure. Oh, Neil's getting big. I'm getting fucking big too. Let's hit harder. <laughs> like, so it was almost competitive then in that, in that regard. No, I want not, I wanted to match him. Match I don't want to compete yes. with him. Right. Yeah. Okay. I want to yeah. be a cohesive rhythm section with him. I got you. Okay. So going back to your work as an engineer and a producer, you know, the, I like the aesthetics of your work in the way you approach the mixing and mastering process. What is your philosophy when you're working with and, and on other people's records? You know, what, what, what what guides you when you're working on other people's stuff? Like differently than my own? Yeah, because it is different, right? I mean, there's a there's a way in which you might approach your own stuff and yourself that at least uh, again, I'm projecting here. So maybe it's not I guess I'd like to think that I don't. I'd like to think that I'm just trying to make it as good as I possibly can, no matter like who the source audio is from, you know? So is there uh, is there a is there a line? It's for easier you, when it when it's me because I I'm in control yeah. of everything. So like I don't have to tell myself to I don't put the pop filter on or I I, I can't think of a good explanation of it. But like I don't know, it's just things are smoother and move faster because I know in my head what I want. So just I get to the end result quicker. Um, when it comes working with other people, like sometimes. No matter what I'm, if I'm producing, I'm not a very good producer. I'm more of an engineer. Like I'm, I don't know. I'm producing. You have to be a psychologist almost, and really like be able to right. not okay. only get into the artist's head and like you know get out what the performance you want out of them, but like. Uh, 
I guess ahead, that's sorry. my question, though, Colin. So where is, is there a line for you when you're working with somebody else that you observe or you think about where um, it's the difference between saying, try that again, but try it again, I think you're close, versus... So you mean try, more in try the that room... Again, but you should play it this way. You know what I mean? So, okay. So I've done a lot of work, like remixing stuff where I'm just at home and people send me files. You're talking about more like in the room. I think like, so. Like what we, I did with you I back mean, in the day for, but uh, that's still give and, and take, right? You're um, going to send me something and I'm going to say, Hey, I like, I like this, but I want more guitars or whatever. And then we're going to go back and forth. We, we're not, we're not. Oh no, I don't allow together. revisions. <laughs> 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 no, no. Um, you may, maybe you shouldn't. You're right. No, uh, I mean, engine. I don't know. I'm I'm not entirely good at being nice to people when it comes to criticism. So I tried like just to shut up most of the time and let them do what they want and just take the like the Steve Albini approach to it. Okay. Yeah. Um, where I, you know, the band knows what they want to sound like. I'm not trying to like produce, especially like vaude villains or something. That was actually funny. Uh, I remember when I was doing that uh, record with you guys or the EP. Yeah. And like, yeah. I remember John Condren was downstairs and he came up and he talked to me. And he was like, you know, you should really like uh, put your own voice into it and really like, you know, produce, do some real product. And I like, I don't think that's the, what I want to do here. Like, I just like vaude villains is a big loud rock band from Chicago. Like they, they know what they're doing. Like they know what sound they're going for. I just wanted to be there. And I believe, I mean, you pretty much asked me too, just like hit record, be there, keep the levels right. Like I don't, so I don't, I don't try to like, uh, direct bands, I guess to, I just so, want them to do what they do. And if I have a good idea, I'll try to talk about it. I think I did that with a couple songs during your, uh, your solo record yes. even like, didn't I make you do like a Boston intro or something? Yeah. Okay. And I'm so <laughs> it was right glad. after I stomped in the, the garbage can. That's okay. I was going to say, I had an insanely specific question for you, which is, do you remember what you did yes. or what happened? Mostly because that? it left such a mark on you. I wouldn't have remembered that at all if, like, you weren't like fascinated by well, it. What was it? it d describe it in in detail. Me, the garbage thing. I just yes. okay. So I saw a garbage that's full, and me being lazy at home, sometimes I'll just you know stomp it down a little bit because a lot of time it's just paper boxes or you know a lot of people will put boxes in the garbage and they don't undo them so they fold flat or whatever and like that a pet peeve of mine so i'll stomp it down because i don't want to take the garbage out right now i want to wait a couple <laughs> days so this garbage was particularly i plus I, i'm sure i had one or ten beers at the time uh this garbage was being a little you know extra and it, it this is not like hard to stomp be clear and this I, uh, is not a kitchen garbage can this is a yeah, it was like well, an office, like a circular one, a right? Huge, like a was big huge? outdoor garbage can. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was smaller. Oh, That's was even it? More Maybe it was. I don't Maybe. know. I'm going to go with your memory because mine's not very good. Yeah. So it was, yes, a huge outdoor garbage can. But so uh, I, I needed both legs, basically. And I'm a big guy. <laughs> I, I weigh enough to stomp down a good garbage. Uh, so I got all the way in the garbage. And I, uh, you know, maybe jumped up and down a couple times to get maximum stompage and, you know, max compacting as you do, as you do, as you do. And, uh, Jeff walked in from do, taking, doing a take or something or coming outside and just looked at me and just started laughing louder. And I've ever seen him laugh before in my entire <laughs> life. He's like, why are you in the garbage? I'm like, oh, just man. don't ask questions. It was, yeah. Don't ask questions. Shut up and do your next take. <laughs> yeah. Get in there. <laughs> Well, I got to tell you, this has just been an absolute pleasure to to talk to you ab about Gray Sky and and Other Glow and and all of the things that you've done in in music. You know, I'm a, a we're we're friends, but I'm a fan and and just in a appreciator of 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 all that you do. So, um, you know, thank you for for taking the time to to talk to me and and you know something that I'm that I'm incorporating into this um, new version of, of speaking in songs is I, is I like to end the interview by giving you your turn. So this is your, this is your time now to ask me a question, any question, you, you one question. What, what do you want to ask me? This is, 
This is your opportunity. Um, basically, I just like what keeps you going with music and what's next in your music journey, I guess. Cause I, you've been doing it longer than I've even known you, I'm sure. Uh, and I've always looked up to you as like a leader in the, you know, our music scene, basically. Um, it's really cool that you asked me to do this, by the way. Thank you for having me. Oh yeah. Uh, I think it's awesome that you're doing cool stuff like this, but yeah, I just, because obviously uh, you were having some thoughts about music a couple of years ago and yeah. going through some things, but like I just like uh, that one local H record came out right called yeah. Lifers. Yep. And when I saw that, I was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, dude!" <laughs> like these guys know what it's about. Yes. And that's where it is for me. I'm like, yeah, that explains it in one word. It's just lifer. But like, I just want to know, like, are you? Like, what's next? Are you bored with what you're doing? Do you just want to keep doing rock? Like, are you going to hip hop album anytime soon? Yeah, like, right. like what's next. next for you? And like, what keeps the fire lit? Yeah. I mean, it's, well, it's, it, uh, boy, I, I, I wish I knew, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Scott Lucas, right? And that lifers record and just his, that, that band's whole trajectory is inspiring, right? I mean, forget about, the Definitely. countless great albums and great songs, you know, it just song after song, album after album, but just the aesthetic, the work ethic, the passion, it it's totally inspiring. And I think back to um, 2016, maybe. And I, and in, in, we met at some, uh, we met at Bukowski's in Boston and had a really good conversation <laughs> about music. And um, I, I just, I think at this point, I, I, I want to do what you said, which is just make music for yourself and be happy and enjoy it. And, and whatever it is, it is. And so there's definitely another Villains record in me. And then I don't know there. I've, I've always wanted to play in another band with Neil and, and, um, and play music with Brian can as well. Uh, and then just, I, I don't know. I, I have fun with the live streams. I, I, I can't wait to play live again. Um, in, in, in person, but I also don't want to stop doing the live streams either. So I think there's a, there, there's a lot in there. And then I just, um, I'm also like this stuff, right? Like conversations about music and conversations about the craft and, and just staying connected to all of that. I, I, I just want to keep sort of building, building on that and then be helpful. Right. Um, so many people are helpful to me along the way or just like trading shows or booking. So it's like, what can we do to help at this point? Right. Um, and, and so just keeping, keeping building on that. So that's, that's my answer to that, to, to awesome. that fine question. And, and I would love to go back to Bukowski's if we could and, and spin the wheel <laughs> someday. <laughs> that was a great bar. It still is. I'm sure. Awesome. I just haven't bar. been there in a while. Good conversation too. I, I yeah, blast. thanks, Jeff. Yeah. Well, thank Actually, you, sir. Yeah. And um, you know, you're 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 a true artistic uh, genius and a, and a hell of a performer <laughs> and a great friend. And uh, yeah, I'm a and, genius, Jeff. I'm a genius. Absolutely. Really. Um, it, it, totally deserving of the worst mustache moniker and and now fame that, that I you can garnered. get behind that. <laughs> I definitely had the worst mustache. You garnered so many years ago. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure that there's still a black and white picture of you uh, taped to a, uh, oh, what was that shaving cream? Uh, well, it, whatever. It's, yeah, it's, I think it's at Neil's house, right? Isn't that what he it's said? It's somewhere. I, I thought <laughs> it was sure still at Chicago lives. Street Pub, but uh, you know, wherever it is, it, it, it lives on as the other glow music always will. And the Withershin songs will. So Colin, thank you so much, man. Thank you, Jeff. Good talking to you, buddy. You too.